the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast presented by nba 2k23 once again if you haven't yet clicked the link in our description to pre-order your copy of nba 2k23 you are gonna miss out trust me you want to be able to play this game as soon as you possibly can the only way to do that is by hitting the pre-order link so hit the link in the description right now to pre-order your copy of nba 2k23 and then get ready to kick back and enjoy another episode of the best basketball show on the planet. BJ Armstrong is with me as always. BJ, how was your weekend? You know, Mo, I got a saying these days. Bring your game. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my weekend was, okay. Mo, you know? Okay. Just, the countdown has begun. I can't wait till the regular season starts. Oh. I'm ready. I'm ready for a little NBA action. Neither, neither can I. And, you know, as we look forward to the regular season and we count down the days, we are counting down all 30 teams in the NBA and discussing their off-season moves. So today, we're going to discuss the Miami Heat. And I'm going to put a disclaimer because knowing our luck, they'll probably pull off a trade for Donovan Mitchell or Kevin Durant just uh, seconds after we finish recording. But if they don't, this is what the Miami Heat's offseason has looked like so far. So as always, I'm going to give you a rundown of all the moves that they've made. And then we're going to get into it and break down our predictions. For the Eastern Conference's number one seed last season, they finished number one, right? In the East. And that is um, correct. everyone else looks to have improved and they've kind of stayed a little bit stationary. Here's the players that they no longer have. Okay. First of all, Udonis Hassan. He might come back. He might not come back. You know, um, the offer is there. The offer is there. And then you have Markeith Morris, who's currently still a free agent, unless I missed the news that he signed anywhere. You've got Markeith. You've uh, got PJ Tucker, who went and signed a nice deal with the Sixers. We'll talk about PJ and how he fits with the Sixers uh, in an episode coming up later this week. And then Michael Mulder, Javante Smart, who they've lost. They've got in a bunch of undrafted guys. The Miami Heat always find undrafted guys who they can develop and find a lot of potential in. They've got three of those. Um, they've got Marcus Garrett as a free agent. They drafted Nikola Jovic, not Jokic, who's a very interesting prospect from Serbia, although they're not letting him play for Serbia in Eurobasket, which was interesting. And um, they re-signed Dwayne Dedman, Caleb Martin, and Victor Oladipo. So the Miami Heat remain largely the same, with the exception of no P.J. Tucker. Okay, everyone else has looked to make moves, add to their roster. The Celtics went out and got guys. Philly went out and got guys. But the Miami Heat have stayed kind of stationary. They've lost P.J. Tucker, which means now they've got a gap at a power forward spot next to Bam Adebayo. Are they going to be starting Jimmy Butler at the four? Is Caleb Martin, having just re-signed that contract in Miami, going to start the four? Is Max Struess even going to go into that style lineup? Is Tyler Harrow going to be part of the style lineup? I don't know. B.J., what do you make of the Miami Heat's decision to, well, it's not their decision, but PJ Tucker's decision to leave and the gap that it leaves in their team at the power forward spot. Well, you know, I, I've been waiting to say this for a long time, years. So I got something I want to get off my chest here. You know, we always talk about executives of the, you know, whether that was executives who are elite executives, such as Jerry West, Greg Popovich, Pat Riley. You know, we throw these names around. Great basketball minds. But one of the greatest moves I've seen this year, I mean, not this year, in recent history, okay, was the executive moves of Dwayne Wade, the former player. Dwayne Wade 
Dwayne Wade recruited and delivered LeBron James in his prime. Mm -hmm. I'm going to repeat this, Mo. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> okay. Was it? it? It wasn't the Miami Heat. It wasn't Pat Riley. It wasn't Jerry West. It wasn't the L.A. Lakers and Chicago Bulls and all the, the Boston Celtics. Dwayne Wade recruited and delivered LeBron James in his prime. That he did. Dwayne Wade single-handedly went down, was drafted by the Miami Heat, and changed the culture. So I want to give a shout-out to Dwayne Wade. I've been waiting to say this for a long time in the right place. And, and today was the right place. And he's very so good personal friends. He's very good personal friends with Jimmy Butler, who also then ended up signing with Miami as a free agent. And, 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 and after he left Miami and then returned in his exit meeting, he delivered Jimmy Butler. There we go. And now he's a part owner of the Utah Jazz and he might just deliver Donovan Mitchell. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure that game here on the Hoop Genius Podcast recognizes game. Facts. Shout out to our friend Dwayne Wade. There's actually That's a, one of the great executive moves in the history of the sport, okay? In the history. He delivered, he single-handedly single delivered LeBron James to the Miami Heat in his prime, along with Chris Bosh. Okay, by the way. Now, let's yeah. get back to okay, this current just, just, just while we're there. For any new basketball fans, because we know a lot of you guys who listen to the show, some of you are great basketball minds, but some of you are newer, um, introducing to the NBA over the last couple of seasons. Some people have got into the NBA through this podcast, which I love. But if you do not know that much about Dwayne Wade, there's actually a great documentary about him on Disney Plus that I watched when I was on a flight recently. Um, and it tells his story of his career throughout growing up, a really interesting story of his childhood, and then his career, of course, with the Miami Heat. Um, so do check that out if you want to know more about D Wade. That's not just the highlight reels that you see of him. Absolutely posterizing action, Verichelle, but one of my favorite highlights of all time. But continue, BJ. We were talking about the gap and a powerful decision now that PJ Tucker has left the Miami Heat. Even the great GM, Dwayne Wade, couldn't stop that one from happening. Well, the great <laughs> Dwayne Wade has his fingerprints all over this current team. Mm -hmm. And that's with Jimmy Buck. What I would like to see them do and what I think they will do, I think it's time to put Bam at his natural position, which is the power forward position. I would really like to see Bam slide over to the power forward position and really be the all-star on the offensive end and the defensive end. That's two players at the power forward position and the same. I think you can get four positions in one player from Bam Adebayo. Okay, I think so he's that good. Go ahead. With Bam Adebayo at the four, you then need a Dwayne Dedman or even an Omer Yurt seven at the five. Yes, to go alongside him. I think I I think I think that kid is ready to start playing. He was a rookie, if I remember. Well, Yurt seven. Last year. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I like I'd like him. I, I think he's ready to. I would start him. He's a solid player. I think player. he looks like he's ready to start. He's yeah, a double double he's machine when he's on. Defensively, maybe needs a little bit of work. Um, offensively, vertical lob threat can do a little bit of screening action for you and whatnot. But the big problem with that then is 
you're automatically decreasing on shooting and spacing. And when you've got a Jimmy Butler on your team, who's not a great shooter, you needed PJ Tucker in that role to be able to space the offense a little bit, to provide space for Bam to operate on the inside, Jimmy Butler to operate on the inside as well. So the question now begs is, we saw a video. I may have seen Bam Adebayo in London doing a few workouts, really focusing on his three-point shots. And Miami Heat fans saw some of these videos that we got out there, and they got really excited that Bam Adebayo was trying to expand his range because it's been a long time coming now. That mid-range is looking kind of consistent. It's time that he steps out beyond the three-point line. I know as an OG, this isn't your favorite favorite thing of insistence on guys shooting threes, but it's critical when you've got Jimmy Butler who excels on attacking on the inside because then you've got two really non-shooting bigs, you know, if we're going to call it like that, which is a very different thing to P.J. Tucker at the fall last season, who's basically in the corner to catch and shoot when the defense collapses around Jimmy. Do you think we're going to see Bam taking on a much bigger offensive role in terms of, do you think we could see this season being the one where Bam Adebayo becomes the number one option on offense? Because he does so much defensively and he's going to have to probably do more defensively without P.J. Tucker there. He's going to have to do more rebounding because P.J. Tucker's just playing defense, rebounding, and then catch and shooting. So Bam's going to have a bigger role on defense. He's going to have to be more active on the glass. And then also, as Jimmy Butler's a year older, Carl Lowry, we're going to discuss him shortly, but do you think Bam Adebayo could be the number one option on offense as well and he's really going to have to do it all? Well, you know, I think the way they play, I don't think they really have a number one option. They really do a good job, I think, of spreading the basketball, player movement, ball movement. And Jimmy Butler is without question the number one option there. Oh, yeah. Okay. The the, the number two option is screen roll with Jimmy Butler and Bam. <laughs> That's the number two. And then I think Bam will get the next the next touch after that. Now, Bam at the five really is a problem because he's so active. There aren't a, there aren't a lot of players other than like Giannis who really can match his activity level of what he does. But I think it's time now as teams are beginning to get bigger, you know, the Joel Embiid's Cleveland. Oh, we spoke about this on, on Friday's episode. I think it's time for, I think it's time for them to get bigger as well. Dallas is going to be bigger. So I think it's time for Miami to get bigger and play a different, a different game. Now, I think that's going to be predicated on their initial break. I think, you know, we we said we're going to get to Kyle Lowry, but I think with Kyle Lowry getting in better shape, they should be able to play faster. I think this team talking about the Miami heat, they're going to have to do two things. One, I think they're going to have to play faster this year. And I would like to see them get bigger. I'm not so much concerned about their three-point shooting. Reason being is because they defend. They'll be able to get stops. If for some reason they're playing against zone, I think they can put in the offensive team, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, whatever, to get the shooting that's necessary and be able to get the balance. I don't think I don't see a steady diet. I think the one thing that I love about their team, especially their two best players, talking about Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, is their versatility. They can they can all play multiple positions. Jimmy Butler can go anywhere from the point guard position to literally a small, they can play, play small ball with him at the four. Jimmy Butler. Well, they might and have Bam to play Adebayo. a lot of yeah. him at the four if, if they're going to so, insist on that. And I like five. Bam. Bam can go, in, you know, up front, three, four, five. Bam, he can move his feet. He can guard 
you know, he can guard, you know, big threes. Yeah, he, he's one of the heaviest switch threes. defenders in the NBA in terms of they run that yeah, switch so defense I, I, and I'm, he I'm switched on to him. So I'm comfortable with their versatility. I think it's just a matter of finding the right combination to start the game. And I would venture to say that they want to get faster. They want to play faster, I should say. And I think that's going to be predicated on Kyle Lowry getting in better shape, being able to push the tempo. And they're going to have to get bigger because the teams around the league are getting bigger and they're going to have to match that size with size. Well, you know, you mentioned it right there with Kyle Lowry. Um, Eric Spolster, which is kind of our character for him, also Pat Riley, who wasn't our character for him, all said that Kyle Lowry needs to be in better shape after last season ended. Right. Um, obviously, he's had some personal issues that took him away from the game for a little bit. So he missed some time in last season. And I don't know what's going on with that, but it's completely understandable. But with him being in the form that we've seen his off-season videos in, looking like almost the best shape I've ever seen Kyle Lowry in, that should provide a big boost to this team, especially when you talk about pushing the pace. Because um, we know how active he is defensively and he can push the ball in transition. And then it gives them a real floor general on the offensive side of the ball as well. And it's a perimeter threat because he can knock down the feed ball if he needs to. So Kyle Lowry is going to be a big bonus. Uh, I heard Zach Lowe was talking about um, Kyle Lowry as the screener, running some actions with kind of the inverted pick and roll with Kyle screaming, screening for Bam, Kyle screening for Jimmy Butler as well, which is something that you're probably going to see more of in this season's offense from the Miami Heat. So I think Kyle Lowry being in better shape and giving them consistency is going to be huge for them. But then it brings me to the question of Tyler Hero. Now, Tyler Hero was quite adamant at the end of last season and every interview he's done this offseason that he wants to be a starter in the NBA. But he was very good as a sixth man. And, you know, we've talked about it quite a lot on this show. The difference is six between... Sixth man of the year, correct? Yeah, he the, was sixth man of the absolutely. year. Absolutely. So the difference is between coming off the bench and being a sixth man, playing against the players you play as a sixth man and starting... Do you see, because Pat Riley said you've got to earn your spot in Style 5, but do you see Tyler Harrow kind of forcing his way into the starting lineup if that's what he's dead set on? You know, having the opportunity to do both, and if there's one thing that I could go back, I think I've shared this with you privately and over the, over, well, you know, over the public forum, I would have just stayed on the bench and just been the sixth man. Reason being, Mo, is the... You know, there's a difference between be, being a starter and playing with that responsibility as a starter, especially a starting guard. You know, coming off the bench, I never had to worry about making sure the star players had their numbers. I never had to worry about, you know, managing how we started off the game. I never had to worry about if our group wasn't playing well. I just knew what I had to do when I came in the game. And, you know, Mo, it's, a, it, it's easier to play that way. When you start taking responsibility for the other four guys, and you have to do that as a starter, right? Because if you, as a starter, who will play the majority of the minutes, you are responsible on how we play, especially as a, as a lead guard. You know, I, I had to I had to be concerned about what plays were working, what matchups we were the best, time and score, how the referees were calling the game. Were we up 10, down 10? We made a substitution. Who got in foul trouble? You know, those are the things you have to do as a starter. 
You just want to come in and ball out. No worries. Well, I just want to come in you, and get buckets. When you're coming off the bench, you know, you're down 10. Hey, Bo, it's like, okay, what my fault? That's why coaches <laughs> put me in the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just out here having Bo, fun. I'm just out Bo, here having fun. We're up 10. My job was not to let the other team get back in the game. Mo, you, you know what I'm saying? Bo, I hit my first three shots. The heat check was coming because I was in there to do a job in a short amount of minutes. I wasn't playing starter minutes. So he's found his niche. Tyler Hero has found his niche and will get paid handsomely for his niche. Other than your ego, I don't get it. He's found his niche. And let me tell you something, Mo. He can play another eight to 10 years at this pace. He's young enough to do it. Yeah. Now, your ego wants to be a starter. But let me tell you something, Mo, and I'm going to say this, because it needs to be said to him. Coming off the bench, playing against the backups in this league is different than playing against the following. Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Chris Paul, and all of these players. Now, He's the sixth man. He's the best sixth man in the league. I'm not sure, Mo, that he can come in and just suddenly be better than John Morant, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, and all of these guys. You follow what I'm saying here, Mo? He is a really, really good player. Okay? He, he, you can borderline say he's like an elite player at what he does currently. Once he becomes in the comes in the starting lineup, Mo, is he in the upper echelon or? Okay, um, how how does this differ in your opinion from when James Harden won Sixth Man of the Year back in twenty twelve? Because we could have said the same things about him, but instead he went to a situation where he was in the starting lineup and we saw the growth. In this game, what do you see as the ceiling of Tyler Hero's game? Do you think this is going to be the best he has? Because I still think that there's room for him to continue to improve, to get even better. Here, here's a different, I, I don't apply every situation just because you come off the bench in one situation and then apply it to all. James Harden, James Harden was traded. Okay. He was traded. Yes. To the Houston Rockets. Okay. James Harden was traded. If James Harden would have stayed in, if they would have kept that team together at Oklahoma, James Harden would probably would have come off the bench. Okay. I can't remember the guy's name. He was from Europe though. Um, he was coming off the bench behind in Oklahoma. Um, was drafted by the bulls. In which season? When James Harden was coming off the bench, the, the, the year before he was traded, he was playing behind Cephalosha. Is it Cephalosha? Yeah, Tabo Cephalosha from Switzerland. Tabo Cephalosha. That was a conscious choice. I don't think it was a. I don't think there was a debate who was the better player. Yeah, it was a defense offense thing because Cephalosha is really just a great well, defensive it, wing it, player. It, it was an offense thing. That's it's okay. Let's call it like it is here, without knocking anybody's game. It wasn't a defense offense thing. It's a responsibility thing. Like it's easier to play against the backups than it is to take on the responsibility as a starter. Okay. When you are a starter, you have responsibility. For instance, in that time period, you had to guard 
the late Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Tracy McGrady. Paul Pierce. And there were a plethora of two guards in that era. Ray Allen. LeBron James. Oh, that was just running around scoring a lot of points. Okay. James Harden to this day has the same problem <laughs> now that he had back then. Yeah. Okay. In order to take advantage of what he does exceptionally well, which is scoring, he's an exceptional scorer. But if there's one part of his game that maybe, you know, everyone has holes in their game. Everyone does. Everyone, believe it or not, everyone has a hole in their game, right? Everyone, there's no perfect player. It's easier to just come in, like I said at the beginning of the conversation. I love the fact when I was coming off the bench, Mo, because I didn't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. That fits James Harden's personality. James, you just come in every night and give me a heat check. And if you got it going, big fella, we're going to roll with you. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to guarding, okay. maybe the plus minus will be better. But <laughs> I, I think right now, James Harden this year, Doc Rivers, I will guarantee you, they will make a defensive signing before training camp to do one thing, to address the same thing that you said. And, I, and I'm and willing to bet you mow a milkshake that <laughs> they will get a wing defender, Morris or somebody mm-hmm. that can defend just in case well, they're gonna go James PJ has a little slippage. They were going to go well, PJ Tucker. You know, and so they got there was a what's it what's the, what's the, was it, was it, was it, was it Tybal? Is that his name? Oh, yeah, they got Tybal there. Uh yeah. who's he's kind of Stephanie Shamoda. But uh, James, they're 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 we'll, we'll talk about the Sixers. Yeah, we'll talk about the Sixers yes. in the Sixers episode. But the reason why I make that comparison, as you rightly pointed out, James Harden was traded to a new situation. And this is why I said Tyler Harrow wants to be a star in the NBA. Not I didn't say on the Miami Heat, because we do hear all of these trade talks about Donovan Mitchell and Kevin Durant. And my understanding is that if that trade is to happen, Tyler Harrow would be involved as one of the pieces moved on from the Miami Heat. So if he were traded to a new situation, do you think he, he has what it takes to he make should, that? I, not no to the level of MVP it. James Harden, but what do you see as his ceiling? Uh, I see him becoming a really good player. I really do. 20 I see and night, 25 and really really night. I, I think he can get anywhere from 17 to 22, depending. Depending. Now, when you go to a new team now, you got to also understand there's a pecking order. Are Is he going to be one of the primary guys in the, are they looking to build a team around him? Like we alluded to with James Harden. Are they looking for him to be a contributor like he's currently doing now? Even though he is a primary player down there, it's still Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. That's their team. That's their team. They're not building a team around now, if Tyler Hero goes to Utah, that's an interesting dynamic because suddenly maybe he's the guy they say he's in our top three. I think without question, I think without question, he could be a Ricky Rubio type guy. Okay. When I say Ricky Rubio, he could play that position at a very high level. I think Rubio's do far I, ahead. Do in I the, think in he will be an though. elite level player? I don't, it takes to be an elite level athlete. Do I think he could be a really, really good player? Absolutely. He, he can shoot it. He's got a nice handle. He plays off the dribble. He's got nice size. He's a tough kid. 
but John Morant and Steph Curry and Kyrie Irving and Trey Young and th- those guys are just, you know, those, those guys are elite level athletes. It takes a certain level, you know, I mean, Deontay Murray, I mean, Deontay Murray, is a, he's a, he's a, he's a terrific athlete. So, you know, Luka Doncic, I mean, you're talking about Mo, the best of the best of the best. I think he could be a really, listen, the kid can easily average 20 and eight, 20 and 10 in this league. That's nothing to sneeze at. But do I see him have, if you said Tyler Hero versus in the playoffs versus Luka Doncic, advantage Luka. Tyler Hero versus Steph Curry, advantage Steph Curry. Tyler Hero versus John Morant. Tyler Hero versus Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of these trades involving Tyler Hero, you know they they they've been talking about Donovan Mitchell, they've been talking about Kevin Durant, but all the reports this week were saying that if the Miami Heat fails to land a big trade, their plan B is to go after Gordon Hayward. The reason being, Tyler Hero is still a very talented player, but he's a young player. Doesn't necessarily fit the timeline with an aging Carl Lowry and Jimmy Butler, and so an idea that's been floated around has been Tyler Harrow, uh, Duncan Robinson, a pick and a couple of salary filling players in exchange for Gordon Hayward, who has one year left on his contract. Because Gordon Hayward can come in, play the three position, play the four position. You know, he's very, very mature with the basketball. I, I, I knows what he's do doing. that. You could stop right there. If, if Miami would do that, and I'm Charlotte, I would do that and wave the physical. I'd wave everything. You would do it that quick. I, I, get Gordon Hayward. No question. You're gonna have you're gonna have Tyler Hero and Lamelo Ball at your guards. <laughs> Come on, there's nothing else to talk about. You got size. They both can handle. They both can shoot. They both can pass. Now defensively, you know. But hey, like I said, there's no, no nothing perfect. But you know what? I like that. How'd you like it for like Miami though? Because this is the Miami episode. So how'd you like it for the Heat perspective of getting Gordon I, Hayward? I, I don't like that for the Heat. I, I I said there's a couple things I think the Heat have to do. They have to play faster, and that takes that's youth. Okay, and they need to get bigger. So that doesn't. I I don't do that if I'm Miami. But if that's something they want to do because they don't see Tyler Hero in there timeline in their timeline which to me tyler hero fits in the same timeline as bam Adebayo. well the reason the reason for all the speculation is uh tyler hero is of course eligible for his extension and when he does sign that extension he will be untradeable for a period of time but until up until he signs that that's why all these rumors are here because people are thinking okay well if he is in their long-term plans they would have signed up the extension done deal and keep it moving forwards. But obviously Pat Riley likes to keep his options open. Um, but looking forward to the Miami Heat this season, they've kind of remained a little bit stationary, BJ. I want to know from you, because I put a poll out there for the people today. I want to know from you, which seed the Miami Heat finished with this season in the Eastern Conference? I, I, believe, I believe they will be in the top four. One, where, two, three. Where in the top four? Which one? I, I, three or four. Okay. I don't... I don't I didn't pick them last year to be the top seed, but I see this as an elite team. They have excellent. They will get excellent guard play. Kyle Lowry is a terrific, terrific guard. I mean, he's, 
you know, he understands how to manage time and score. That's a skill. You know, he may not give you 25 every night, but he'll give you 25 when it's, when it's, when it's necessary. He's a terrific defender. I think he will be better next year. And I think because he'll be in better shape, he'll be able to get back to who he really is. He's an effort and energy player. Okay. Well, he'll result- get back to giving that. So I think with him and, and Jimmy Butler at the guards, Bam out of Bayou, and then you fill in around that, I think they'll be fine. I think they will finish three or four. So now I don't think finishing one or two is of concern to them. Why? Because they know they have to win on the road. I think those guys mm-hmm. all know they got to win on the road. So I don't feel that they're putting pressure to get home court advantage. Yeah. Home court didn't help them when they faced the Celtics in game seven, but anyway, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> the people have spoken BJ 4% of people think they'll finish first. 41% of people think they'll finish second or third. 43% of people think they'll finish third or fourth and 12% of people think they'll finish fifth or lower, which was quite surprising. It, it could be those 5%, be. Uh, those 12% of people. That's an interesting take for it. Uh, but to switch gears slightly, that's the Miami heat wrapped up. I saw something today that I sent to you earlier. Um, and it's not Miami. We're just going to talk about their little neighbor down the road in Orlando and their number one pick, Mr. Paolo Banchero, who's been playing in some programs. And I know BJ, you hate to talk about the programs, but we're going to do it right here because DeJounte Murray pulled off an absolutely disgusting he hit Paolo with the shot fake. Paolo jumps. Then he hits him with the fake pass round Paolo's back. Paolo bites and spins around in the circle. Then DeJounte alley-oops to himself off the backboard, slams it home, talks some trash to Paolo, gives him the too small action, throws the ball at him before flexing his way back on the defensive side. And then I open Instagram after the game. Paolo's posted something, a screenshot of the video saying, saying, let me, let me find it so I don't misquote him. He says, LOL, unfollowed me on the gram and everything. It must be personal, huh? That's fine. Just make sure you guard up next time and stop sending doubles, family. Now, BJ, I don't know about you, but this kid hasn't even played a game in the NBA, and I love the smack talk. He's talking his talk with confidence against a guy who's very established in the NBA. All-star caliber player. What do you make of this situation? Aside from you want to talk about the real games, because I know I know you're going to hit me with let's keep it on the court in the NBA games, but we're going to talk about yeah, this prime uh, stuff for a hot sec. You know, Mo, I, 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 I've, been, I've been thinking about this a lot this year. Is I was sitting for one day. I was sitting there. I just gave this one day of thought as I was watching the summer league there in Vegas. You know, there's been a huge shift. Everyone talks about, you know, people always ask me, the game has changed. The game actually hasn't changed. You know, the game will never change. The NBA game is a unique game all into itself. There's nowhere else in the world that the NBA game is played other than in the NBA. Think about that, Bull. Yes. So everyone says the NBA game has changed. (laughs) Literally. No, it it hasn't changed. What has changed is the following. Well, it has changed slightly in terms of the rules. The game always reverts back in the playoffs to how it was played in the beginning. It's physical. The referees swallow the whistle. The game slows down. To an extent, yeah, to an extent. Uh, To an extent. Everyone starts making passes. Everyone screens. Except Except your Celtics, everyone protects the ball better. 
Well, you know, everyone did <laughs> everyone else didn't make it to the finals, did they? Uh, <laughs> but there is something that has changed in the NBA. It's us, the people who are covering the game. The people who are covering the game has changed. And I've and I've noticed this. You know what's amazing about this? There used to be Mo where we, the media, would cover the game and talk about the performance of the game. Now, what do we talk about? We want to talk about the entertainment of the game. Okay. And the, no, 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 no. I no, no. Hold on. This ain't nothing. I, I just said okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I know you got something to say, and then I'm going to turn it over to I've you. I've always got something to say. That's what's changed. Mm-hmm. So it used to be. The performance. Okay. In the summertime, this is when you play, you work on your game. What Paulo and Deontay did, that's nothing new to me. Okay, a couple of guys playing. One guy is going to try to intimidate another guy, especially a younger guy in the summer. Let me tell you something. As a veteran, when you see a really good player, when I saw really good players in the summer, you know what I tried to do, Mo? When we played a summer league, I would try to score 40 on them in the summer. Why? Because I always wanted to shake their confidence. So when they saw me doing it in the season, they would be like, oh. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Mo. The one thing I will respect about Paulo and that reply and I just told this to my son the other day, my oldest son, who's 21. I said, if you ever lose your confidence, you'll never get it back. Ben that's Simmons. the one thing. That's ben the Simmons. one thing. That's the one thing that you can't get back. <laughs> now you can, you can be in a shooting slump. You can be playing bad in a stretch. But if you ever lose your confidence, Mo, it never comes back. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of players out here trying to take your confidence. Mm-hmm. Now, the, I saw the clip that you sent over. Okay, I wasn't impressed. But Come on, man, have some fun. <laughs> I am having fun. I am having fun. And what I learned from that is Paulo has a little toughness with him. Mm-hmm. Because this is the NBA and everybody's going to hit you. Everybody gets dunked on. Everybody gets crossed over. Everyone's going to get touched for 40 or 50 in any given night. But if you if you don't lose your confidence, Mo, and you come through that on the other side, it's going to be a problem for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. let me tell you all about Paulo right now. And I don't know him from Man in the Moon, but let me tell you something. His response is a very dysfunctional response. Because by my account, he hasn't played one NBA game. Mm-hmm. He has no reason to get confidence or have confidence at this stage. What has he done? I like the confidence, though. I like the confidence, too. That's why it's dysfunctional. Why does he have confidence? He he, has, he scored the same amount of points you and I have in the offseason. Zero. He's got zero points in an NBA game. Zero. Why does he have this level of confidence? Hey, I don't know, but I respect it. So. You better get him early. 
Because, Mo, when you have confidence like this and you put confidence with a little hard work with it, Mm -hmm. it could be a problem. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to put this in the back of my mind and go, this kid has a little confidence because veterans always, it's it's an unwritten rule in the NBA, you always try to take that young fella's confidence. Why? Because... When you when I saw Allen Iverson for the first time, I said, oh, my, if you don't get him now, mm. you don't get him now. When I saw Jason Kidd early, when I saw Stephon Marbury, when, when I, I remember seeing Ray Allen. I said, oh, you better get these guys early because the, the, the shift is going to turn. They going to be the veteran and you're going to be the old guy. And. When Allen Iverson came at me in my last 10, year 10 and year 11, there was nothing I could do, Mo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? So I respect what Paolo did. I respect the fact that it's starting now. And you know what, Mo? He's shown me a little something. He got a little competitive spirit with him, which is good to see. But Deontay Murray, and here's the thing. The only thing that stands out to me about this is they're both from Seattle. Yeah. Normally, you try to take care of your own. Mm-hmm. When I say your own, you know what I mean? When I play yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen from, Rose and Chris from, Webber. From, from, your, from your ends or whatever yeah, you, you know, America, it, from your neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I try, you know, those, those were my guys. You know, I wanted to see, you know, I want to see all the guys do well. But in particular, the guys from my area, Detroit. You know, now that stood out to me a little bit. But I'm sure that wasn't the first time. And I'm sure now that Atlanta and Orlando proximity. It's gonna be a fun matchup. It's, it's gonna be a fun matchup. Bro. And I and I and I love it. And and it's good. I think it's good for the league. And do you know what else is good for the league? Everyone listening the to this. Genius right now. podcast is good <laughs> for the league. Because you know what? We bring our game every day. Mm-hmm. And twice on Sundays, mm. even though the show doesn't get released, we st- we still do our thing. You know what I'm saying? We still talking basketball seven days of the week. So if you want to get involved, we want to thank the people. We want to thank big the people. Time, big time. If you want to get involved, make sure you stay active on the timeline. Send us your questions. Send us your thoughts. Your hot takes. We see them all. We read them all. Maybe we'll discuss them on a show. But for the rest of this week, we're going to continue breaking down each and every team in the league we got some interesting ones coming up we got philly we got milwaukee we got phoenix we got memphis then we'll break down a few more after that and we'll see where that leaves us bj once again thank you very much for the wisdom you guys at home listening thank you very much make sure you are subscribed leave a review leave a rating and all that good stuff and as always most importantly have a great week and as per usual get buckets <laughs>